Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to yet another edition of Harry's Code, a Dexter podcast. I am your sickly host, Josh, along with the other healthy I ho ho host. <laughs> Kente, how you doing? <laughs> sickly, man. You've been sick for like eight years, it seems. It seems like it. Uh, two weeks, to be honest. But, you know, uh, sick time is much different than regular everyday time. That's right, and yeah, and you still get paid too when you're on sick time. Yeah, I do. Well, if I had a day job, anyway. <laughs> well, uh, yes, as as uh, Josh said, welcome to Harry's Code, and as always, it's a live show. So let your voice be heard, and the way you can do that is call in at area code three four seven three two six nine five four one once again. Three four seven three two six nine five four one. Once you call in, just press one. You'll be in the queue, and as soon as we get a chance, we will take your call. So yeah, give us a call. We want to hear what you have to say, what you what you think about what we're saying, or just your opinion about what uh, the topic is. So tonight we're going to start unpacking season two of. Um, the Golden Girls? <laughs> yeah. Season two of the Golden Girls. That was a excellent season, by the way. That was that was the that was the season Blanche really went wild. <laughs> yeah, after she got her hip replaced. Of course. <laughs> no, really, we're we're going to unpack season two of Dexter. But before we do that, uh we have some business to attend. All right. Bringing you 
the latest and greatest in Dexter news. Play the theme song. No? Okay, we don't have a soundbite track. <laughs> Do you mind if I issue um, a challenge to our listeners, Kente? We didn't really have a chance to talk about it. Okay. We would like a theme for Dexter News. Something like five, ten seconds long, and it could just be, you know, taking our voices saying Dexter News and put some sort of, I don't know, um, dubstep beat to it. I, that's possible, right? You mean like Dexter News? Like Dexter News. Okay. <laughs> I only have one bit of Dexter News uh, this week. Kente, did you hear about the new cast members confirmed for season eight? No, no. Who is it? I'll give you three guesses. Okay. Um, John Lithgow? No. Um, let's see. Uh, how about Hulk Hogan? No. Randy Macho Man Savage? No. Uh, was I close? He's still dead. I wasn't close, was I? No. Okay. Okay. Uh, drum roll, please. Mm. Okay. The first person confirmed for Dexter Season 8 is Charlotte Ramping. I hope I'm saying that right. Okay, Charlotte Ramping. What do we know her from? Um, you know, uh, various uh, film uh, uh, projects. Um, most notably, uh, she is known for the person that won't let multitask on the iPhone. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, you see, where, you, that was a that was a subtle hint there. Ah, oh, okay, okay. That that means I can't really look up the information at the moment. Sean Patrick Flannery, I know he's joining the cast. Yes, yeah, Sean uh, Patrick Flannery is the other person joining the cast. It, this is exciting to me. This is very exciting. You, because I I I say every so often, you know, Dexter and the Boondock Saints have a lot in common. And now we're going to see how much, even though it's not a crossover, but you know what I mean. <laughs> well, you know, um, it would have been cool to have him on Walking Dead, and then he would have been with his uh, Boondock Saints uh, yeah, <laughs> cast member, uh, Norman Reedus. But no, this is great to have uh, Sean Patrick Flannery in this. Kente, you are, you, you are sitting pretty on this one. And, and on Monday you get to talk about one saint. On Friday you get to talk about the other saint. And on Sunday during football season, I can talk about these saints. Yeah, uh, Willem Dafoe like a linebacker now, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much, right? <laughs> uh, well, okay. So, um, what news do we have about his character? Um, basically, it says that he'll be playing a character named Jacob Elroy, an ex-cop owner of a private investigation company in Miami. Yeah, not much, much to that. Um, and the British actor actress uh, Charlotte Ramping 
she'll play a neuropsychiatrist who specializes in working with young psychopaths and profiling criminals in unorthodox ways. Hmm. So, I what do you do think about that? I believe we can safely say the hunt is on. Yeah. I'm I'm excited because uh you know just the fact that the, we're getting the series back early, they've already got the new casting. It seems like it's in production already. So, uh I mean, I'm excited to see how this works out and you know, uh I'm not very familiar with Charlotte Ramping, but uh Sean Patrick Flannery, I'm excited about seeing how he fig- figures into the uh the show for this last season. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, we'll see how Where this do they film? You know what? I always thought, this is so crazy. I always thought that Dexter filmed on location in Miami until one day I'm listening to uh, uh, um, Michael C. Hall in an interview and he's all like, yeah, we were filming in Long Beach, California. I'm like, Long Beach, California? <laughs> so uh, they film it in Los Angeles, even though the show is set in Miami. And they do an excellent job of psyching you out, making you think. I mean, it's almost, you know, I, I'm from Los Angeles and never had an idea they filmed in L.A. They do a, a great job of matching it. It's crazy, isn't and it? especially um, I'm from Florida, so I, I watch it. I'm like, yeah, that's Florida all over. With long beaches and the you know clear beaches, it's they must have some sort of crew on standby going. Okay, we need an exterior. Uh, go get it now. You know, so it's uh, relevant to the time. Can't mm-hmm. use stock footage. That would be great. Oh, I, I I need you to do me a favor, Kente. Yes. Get me on that set. I will do that. I'll get you on the set. Now you know. Now I'm I'm looking at. Uh, see, the exteriors are all are 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 all um, Miami, but um, you know they film it in Los Angeles. I'm looking. It says season seven. They surprised me again. They shot a scene on the lawn of these apartments at a location in Los Angeles. Uh, they do an excellent job. Wow. I uh, wouldn't expect anything less. Yeah, okay, they, now I want a uh, walk-on roll. You got it. I'm a, you know what? I'm going to hook you up. I'm going to get you a, a walk-on roll. Uh, it won't be on Dexter, but I'll get you a walk-on roll. How's that? It's not going to be on like the designing women make, is it? Uh, no, no. It'll be on um, Hot in Cleveland. Hot in Cleveland. Okay, I'm down with Betty White. Yeah, yeah, she's pretty hot. And she she can woo Michael C. Hall into getting me on the mixer. <laughs> you know what? I think that um, I think that um. Hot in Cleveland's probably filmed in Los Angeles as well. <laughs> so, it, it, either there or or uh, Toronto. <laughs> that's where it seems like everything is. <laughs> the thing that surprises me most about Hot in Cleveland isn't the fact that, uh, you know, it's like 
uh, an upper middle aged version of Golden Girls. <laughs> but the fact that it exists is really shocking to me. Uh, you know, TV Land original content. You know what? Yeah, well, that's, you know they are smart enough to realize that's the place. That's the thing to do is have original content rather than relying on someone else's produced content. I still miss Mr. Red. <laughs> All right. Okay, so unpacking season two of Dexter. Mm-hmm. Of only Dexter. Kente, take away. Okay, so um, season one ended with uh, Dexter having to save his sister, uh, Deb, from his brother, his biological brother, Brian, um, and uh, or Rudy, whatever you want to call him, and um, which leads to the the uh, second season. Second season starts off kind of things of um, uh, Dexter is kind of, I guess, would you say, a little frazzled because Sergeant Dokes is is surveilling Dexter. He is just on him twenty four seven. I mean, it felt like he was. He was uh, going after me, okay, and I'm watching it on television. That's how that's how deep in uh, Dexter's uh, ass he was. And um, take so, a piss, you know. Next thing you know, a head pops out of the urinal, going surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> Pretty much, right? So, um, also too, what was going on is Dexter. I mean, Deborah, who um, her boyfriend, who she was in love with. Uh, found out that he was a serial killer, the ice truck killer. She's still kind of getting over um, what happened there. So you, you had that going on. Um, the the uh, premiere episode was called uh, "It's Alive," um, by the way, and, and it original air date was September 30th, 2007. So um, one thing too. I, I, uh, that was really big about this episode. It has one of the most memorable um, Dexter uh, victims or um, subjects, uh, Little Chino. <laughs> and uh, remember, Little Chino ain't nothing little about Little Chino. <laughs> you know, that guy is. He, yeah, that, that. He's six foot eight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so he ain't he ain't a little guy. So um, now I think up until this point, uh, Dexter had never uh, had someone on his table when they got away, right? That had never happened before, right? As far as we knew from season one. As far as we know, I don't believe anybody got away in season one. Yeah, so that was a that was a huge surprise when um, Dexter went to. To um, go to work on him, and he wasn't there no more. <laughs> so, I know, I know, you must have been uh, quite uh, surprised about that. Oh yeah. <laughs> he, you know, he, he's like, okay, time to. Uh oh. Chino, not so little, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I just like the fact that he's thinking, I'm gonna need more rap. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna need a bigger rap. <laughs> yeah, so um, so that was one of the big moments in that episode. 
But the biggest moment, and this is the thing that launches season two uh, story arc, is um, that scuba divers find approximately 30 hefty bags of Dexter's mutilated victims. Uh, body, you know, body parts on the ocean floor, and there goes season two. So, when I first saw, when I first saw uh, that, I had a couple of emotions. My first emotion is, oh shit, <laughs> you know, like, oh man, you know, that's crazy, right? And you know, it was exhilarating. But another emotion I had was. It felt kind of soon to get there, you know what I mean? To go this way. Um, I, I mean, maybe I'm crazy, but I I kind of felt like at the time, and even still to this point, that it might have been better later into the season that his uh, work get uncovered like that. But I mean, they made it work, and it it was cool. But I mean, did you did you feel like that, or am I crazy? What was up? Well, the fact that season two. Uh, you know, l- literally kicks off with, oh shit, Dexter's <laughs> secret is in trouble. They they set the bar high. Mm-hmm. Because generally a show will, you know, do the these thing, this might happen, this might happen, this might happen. Dexter, um, like most of its seasons, takes you gives you everything up front. Right. And then it's like the rider dare themselves to uh, go from the high point and just go higher. Right. Okay. I guess Which, you can give them credit uh, for that. that that's why uh, I was very surprised. And uh, I will say a little disappointed because this season two of a show yeah, the the first season was great, but we're not that familiar with um, how things work to trust that they can pull it off. Right, right. Every time when season two comes along of a show that I really like, in that premiere, there's all that moment where you're like, okay, please be good, please be good, please be good. Oh, it's great, yes. You know, like you know, like it wasn't a one hit wonder. And I that's kinda of what happened there with Dexter was like I was hoping, you know, I I felt reassured when the first episode was pretty good and then, you know, the subsequent episodes were, were very good as well. Um something to also note about this episode is that Paul Rita's uh husband, who was uh framed by Dexter in the first season, that uh he was trying to convince Rita that Dexter framed him and that he wasn't on drugs and that was something that came up in in the first episode it's alive hello so hello did we lose you Josh okay moving right along uh, hello, Josh. Josh, I'm here. Okay, so yes, did you hear what I said? Uh, that Paul uh, Rita's uh, um, husband was trying to convince uh, Rita that Dexter framed him and that, and to be aware of 
be wary of uh, Dexter because, you know, a regular person wouldn't just, you know, do that. Right. Right. So that was something else that went on in It's Alive, the season two premiere. Um, season, uh, episode two, of season, which was the 14th episode, was called Waiting to Exhale, with a great title. Um, and original air date was October 7, 2007. And, and it starred Whitney Houston. <laughs> right, right, Whitney Houston. <laughs> um, essentially, you have um, Dexter's Crimes being uh, branded uh, as the Bay Harbor Butcher. <laughs> and also, it we have the introduction to FBI Special Agent Frank Lundy, played by the great Keith Carradine. So, who, almost from jump, you see that he's a worthy adversary for Dexter, possibly. Yeah, it, it's it's funny how um, during the course of the show, you, you see a few people that um, get put right under Dexter's nose. Mm-hmm. They're working side by side with the guy. And most of them like Dexter, <laughs> but in this case, uh, in Lundy's case, uh, he's also hunting Dexter, just doesn't know it. <laughs> right. All right. That's got to be frustrating as hell, man. Uh, and you you can really tell from the giddy up that he he knows his shit. Like he's really a, a outstanding agent. And you're thinking, man, how is Dexter with this guy? You got Dokes uh, on his tail, and plus you have uh, Lundy on his uh, breathing down his neck. You're wondering how is Dexter gonna you know continue to go on and do what he does. And also too, being that little Chino got away, the, the police and Dexter are still searching for little Chino, and um, and um, eventually. Uh, Dexter was able to cat, capture him, <laughs> and uh, this time he had enough. <laughs> he had enough to uh, to hold him down. With he didn't make the same mistake as he did in in um, episode thirteen, and he's able to take out Little Chino, which was so sad. Poor Little Chino. Was it in this episode that we found out Dexter's um, secret? Hmm. Uh, oh, you're talking about the drugs. Yes. Yes, this was um well, uh Paul Paul her ex dies. And um he gets in a fight in jail and someone kills him. She kills him. And then Rita starts to he the, I guess the words that uh Paul said to Rita started to get to her. So then she confronts Dexter about what's going on with him. And essentially, it leads to him being um, the fact that he's supposedly a drug addict, which is kind of funny because he is a drug addict, but not, you know, narcotics, that he's addicted to the drug of killing people. (laughs) So it actually works in a way. I mean, it's actually true. It's a true statement that he's an addict. It's just not what Rita thinks he is an addict. You know, what's his and addiction? The, the the moment that all of this happens, 
if it was just written a little bit differently, it could have been so funny. I mean, it could have been the typical, you know, I know your secret. Uh, you you do? <laughs> yes. You're a drug addict. What? No, wait. Yes. Yes, that's it. I am a drug addict. That's right. Can't pull one over on you, Rita. <laughs> I mean, what, what's worse? Uh Admitting you're a drug addict or admitting you're a serial killer. Obviously, drug addict. So he, he did the right thing there, you know. So you know you you cop to something a lesser charge, <laughs> basically to get away from the big charge. And um, also too, we have uh, a Lieutenant Pascal, who is uh, Laguerta's boss, um, who has a secret of her own that we'll get to in the in the in a few uh, episodes when it plays out. But, um, you know, that's someone that LaGuardia felt like she should have had her position. And um, she was, she got her, the position over her. And at first, you know, um, it appears that she's bitter, but then all of a sudden she's starting to be supportive of Pascal. But, you know, LaGuardia, you never know what her true motives are. So, they come into question a little, true. a little bit later down the line. So, um, to, to go back real quick, uh-huh. I, I just one, one thing. One thing to be uh, absolutely clear: uh, the confrontation Rita has with Dexter. Mm-hmm. Um, she's quite. I don't think she's sad over the death of her husband, but more. Um, I don't know, regretful that it happened that way because he was the father of her children and all. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we mentioned this, but Rita has two children. Mm-hmm. Aster and Cody. Um, Dexter, uh, the absence of their father, has literally slipped into playing a role. Uh, but... You know, in, in the first season, he talked about Rita as like, you know... If he were gay, that would be his beard, that kind of thing. Right. She she is his uh, way to look normal by having a relationship. Mm. But I, I think uh, at season two especially, you, you really see that Dexter is very attached to the children. Um you know, probably because of his own, you know, past or whatnot. But um, in this specific instance uh, where Rita is confronting him, you know, she asked him point blank, did you frame him? Dexter's like, yes. <laughs> Not, it didn't play out exactly like that, but, you know, right, he I confessed guess. to it. Right. Which which is something that it's it's a recurring theme when somebody he cares about has him you know uh, backed up against the wall he's just more or less honest right when there's really no way out well. saw that in season seven but we talked about that already mm-hmm. are you a serial killer? <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted uh, wanted out there 
Dexter confessed to Framing Fall. Yeah, and Rita gave him gave him the ultimatum get help or get out. Because she, she never recently, did with her husband. Right, I know. That's funny how the 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 jerk, the guy that abused her and all of that, she didn't do that to, but the essentially nice guy, she's gonna lay down the law, so it's just funny how that happens. Right. I, I I can't blame her. She didn't want another Paul situation on her hands. Right. She, I'm pretty sure Paul was a nice guy at first, but you know, he had a downward spiral and she didn't want to see the same thing happen to someone that's really good to her, someone that's helping her feel almost happy again. Yeah, and, and she did she for what it's worth, she did stick by him even though he so has a drug addiction, <laughs> which yeah. was a clever way for the writers to to introduce that. Um, so episode fifteen, which is uh, season three, episode, uh, episode three of season two, was called "An Inconvenient Lie," and it uh, original air date October fourteenth, two thousand seven, and uh, essentially, um, Rita, to continue the point we were making. Is Rita is hounding Dexter about going to a program for his drug addiction, i.e. his uh, addiction to uh, murder. <laughs> so he starts <laughs> he starts uh, attending a narco, a narcotics uh, anonymous meetings, and while he's still trying, you know, mind you, uh, this is while Dokes is trying to surveil him at the same time. So he's going to the meetings. As well as um, trying to, you know, um, ditch uh, Dokes, um, which, oddly enough, uh, we'll say that later, uh, turns out to be a blessing in disguise. But um, while he's at this meeting, he meets this this uh, British woman, um, and uh, the British lady is uh, Lila, um, played by Jamie Murray, and um, she volunteers to be a sponsor. So, uh, um, first of all, so our first introduction to Lila, who would later go on to play a huge role in this series. Um, what did you think when you first was introduced to Lila at the meet and do? Yeah. I thought she was nuts. <laughs> I mean, it, it's like she she seemed like one of those people that never did drugs, but was just weird enough to go to, you know, a meeting and say, I'm on drugs, look at me. <laughs> and and to see that, well, the fact that she's like, okay, I'm going to sponsor you, <laughs> just boggles the mind. And it probably turned out to be not so great decision. Oh no! For Good her, more on that in a minute. For her, no. <laughs> but oddly enough, it, it, it's funny too. You see this this theme going through Dexter, where something that looks dark turns out to be good. So, as we said, noted, uh, Dokes is tra- telling Dexter, and he actually ends up tracking him to one of these meetings. And when when Dexter is caught by Dokes. Then it kind of makes Dokes uh, a little less 
um, suspicious of him because he felt felt like he he caught his secret, which was that he's an addict. So the cool thing about it is, Dokes is really supportive of Dexter, and he kind of says, you know, man, it's okay. You know, like he gives him that. Man, that's the that's the problem. You know, it's okay. Yeah, that's that was a real turning point uh, for the character of Dokes, mm-hmm. because it, at first, well, how can you fault a guy for being right just because he's an asshole? Dokes an asshole? I don't think Dokes is an asshole. Just just a little bit. I like Dokes. Surprise, motherfucker! Anyway. Um, <laughs> Well, look look at the way. He wanted to nail Dexter to the wall. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just wanted to flat out bury his ass without any evidence, without any you know, suspicion of what's going on other than something's not right. Good. He's a detective. His, his gut said Dexter's not right, so he turns into like – all-out dick mode, but what if he was wrong? He would just be a super dick. But his gut, he's a seasoned officer. His gut is 85% at least, right? So to the public perception, you know, to the characters that don't have the um, advantage of, you know, following narration, following the narrative... Everyone sees Dokes being a dick. But we're the ones that are like, he's a dick, but he's right. He is so right. <laughs> he has every reason in the world to follow Dexter. He has, you know, absolutely no clue what he's going, you know, what he would stumble into. But, my God, Dokes, if he would just chill the fuck out. <laughs> Just a little bit. Hey, he turns out to be the best detective that works for Miami Metro. <laughs> oh, by far. I mean, don't get me wrong. Deb is good, but it took her, what, six years for her to... Accidentally? Instinct. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, I stumbled onto this. Okay, I believe everything I hear. And then, like, you know, a day later, or do I? <laughs> Dokes yeah. would have just shot. Oh yeah. He would have, it wouldn't matter if it if it was his mother. He would have just shot. Yeah. Okay, yeah. maybe if it if it was his mother, he would have been like, "Ma, what you doing?" <laughs> All right. So also too in this episode is uh, uh, Agent Lundy and uh, Deb are are kind of getting a little close, um, and. Essentially, um, Lundy invites Deborah to the the task force that is investigating the Bay Harbor butcher. And um, during during this, um, there is a pattern that that uh, that has been discovered. Um, you want to talk about that? The pattern, the victims. Uh huh. Well, upon investigation, and by the way, um, whoever did the set design with the 
warehouse type thing outside and all the bodies in it. I kudos to them. My my God, that just looks spectacular. <laughs> uh, but they found out that all of these dead people had one thing in common other than being dead. <laughs> and of course, being chopped up. They were all bad people. <laughs> Not all of them confirmed killers, uh, but uh, all of them, well, most of them were at least suspected at one point. And that started a discussion uh, about the Bay Harbor Butcher of whether or not he's a hero or a villain. Dun, dun, dun. Which led to one of the best Dexter daydreaming moments ever. Yes. Actually, two of them. This could play out two ways. Yes. Um, Which one did you like most? I like the one where he's like uh, a uh, a hero, you know. I like that Mine one. Too. It was so surreal, you know. We love you, Dexter. Yeah. Um, and he would be America's favorite superhero. <laughs> Um, and that that episode is uh, coming up in a minute. Um, the next episode, uh, episode four of that season, 16 overall, uh, was called See-Through, uh, and it premiered October 21st, 2007. Um, <laughs> Rita is essentially, um, um, he doesn't like the fact that he has a female sponsor. So she's like, uh-uh, you need to get you a dude. <laughs> you know, she, Rita ain't like that. <laughs> and boy, much like Dokes being right, she's right. <laughs> you know, she needs a you know a male sponsor. Whereas Dexter's trying to convince her that you know what, this one is the one that works best for me. Um, so and and he absolutely means it sincerely in the fact that he's not interested in her sexually. Mm-hmm. But she is someone he can talk to using, you know, the guise of addiction, mm-hmm. uh, drug addiction. He he openly talks about how he feels uh, when he kills. He just never says that he kills. Right. Which is something he could never, ever, ever, ever do with Rita. Mm-hmm. And, and and also too a, a a good note about this episode is Cody, um, one of Rita's uh, Rita's son, is having nightmares about the Bay Harbor Butcher, and uh, essentially Dexter um, tells him, "Oh, don't worry, he won't kill you." <laughs> you know, like you know, you, get, you know, oh, I'm pretty sure he's not gonna put you on his list. He, <laughs> you know, um, much like I have Santa to know him. <laughs> we go way back. <laughs> yeah, and um Masuka actually has a breakthrough because he finds the marina in which uh the Bay Harbor uh butcher uh keeps his boat. So uh this is that episode where um Dexter has to destroy the evidence, you know. 
and uh, um, it's one of those uh, heart pounding episodes where you're like, oh, da, 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 da. you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Very uh, fast edits. Um, uh, we call it. Uh, da, 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 da. Come on, help me out! Help me out! Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it was all uh, um, editing built the suspense, and it was awesome. Okay. So that was that was a really excellent episode, and um, also too, uh, Pascal, the uh, lieutenant, um, who Laguerta is being so kind and supportive. Uh, she basically loses it because she finds out that her her fiance is cheating, and basically, it oh causes, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it, it basically causes her to have a collapse where she ends up losing her her job, and then you find out that the person that Pascal's fiance was cheating with, Lagorta. <laughs> yeah. And all in an effort. Look where it's at. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. All in the effort to basically drive her nuts. So that's a real dirtbag move, but obviously it's uh, effective. <laughs> so. Well, that's the thing about Laguerta. Uh, I I mentioned it before. She is not a very good cop. Oh no. But in, in the fact that she doesn't, you know. She uses the rules to break the rules, if, you, if that makes any sense at all. Mm-hmm. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And that's what she would probably say. Plus, whenever there's a case, it's not like she's like, okay, we got to figure this out. She's like, okay, team, figure it out, and I will take credit. <laughs> that's my management style, so... <laughs> I, I, I like and it. It didn't say anything was wrong with it. It's just kind of sleazy. Yeah. And it makes her a very good... Especially since, again, like Dad, it took years for this whole cop instinct to kick in. Yeah. So at this time, she she's not getting promoted based on uh, her merits. She's getting promoted based on... Uh, and to put it bluntly, she's getting promoted based on uh, gender, uh, nationality, and the fact that she knows how to play the political game better than almost anybody. The American way. <laughs> yeah. So. She, she's the kind of person that says, I'm woman, I'm Hispanic. You need someone like me in charge to keep those people from, you know, you know, calling discrimination. She's a career Because she, woman. she wouldn't say, I'm doing it. Uh, yeah, she, she's not like, I'm going to call you out. She's like, you know, if you don't, my community, the you know, where I come from, they're going to be upset. Because man, they love me. I love LaGuardia. She's so hot. And that That's... <laughs> It, it, I, I cannot see this role being played by any other because the character is what it is, and it is brought to life because of who it is. Yeah. You mean you couldn't see? Uh, let's see, Lindsay Lohan playing this part. 
No? Uh, I'm waiting for the smack on your end. <laughs> I was wondering, did we lose you or not? Lindsay Lohan? No, I'm waiting for you to smack yourself, Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, she could be LaGuerta. She could be LaGuerta's uh, daughter. <laughs> she could be LaGuerta's, you know, prostitute. There you go. And she keeps chained in her basement. Although, from what I understand, Lindsay Lohan is an escort. Oh, whoa. Uh, <clears throat> I'm... I didn't say that. We're talking about Dexter. Mm. Nothing else but don't sue me. Um, and also too to uh, uh something to note in this episode is Deb uh met this guy at the gym named uh Dave. I'm sorry, uh, uh Gabriel and uh they start dating essentially. So, um and in the next episode, uh, episode five of the season, seventeen overall, the Dark Defender, uh, who which you've already referenced, uh, it premiered October twenty eighth, two thousand seven. Um, um, I just I guess we should just get this kind of out there is that um, Deborah um, finds out that uh, Gabriel is like an author, and she believes to she thinks that he is uh secretly trying to write a book about uh her experiences with the um the um ice truck killer. So that's something that that comes out in the Dark Defender episode. So which by the way is basically Dexter's superhero name. The Dark Defender. I guess the Dark Defender sounds a lot better than the Bay Harbor Butcher as far as a hero. What do you think? I think uh, it definitely has more marketing potential. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, I guess if Todd McFarlane is making the toys, then uh, Bay Harbor Butcher works fine. <laughs> that's that's a, that's a nerdy toy joke there, people. Uh, if, you, if you don't look it, that's fine. Now, also in this episode... Uh, Dexter finds out that one of the men that uh who murdered his mother is still alive and that's something that he uh um based on um Lila uh Lila basically tells him that he needs to confront uh his mother's killer. Now, I don't think her idea of confronting is the idea that Dexter wants to do, you know, at least at this point. No, I believe that part of the twelve steps is what forgiveness. Right. So she she might have been saying, "You need to confront him and talk to him and learn to forgive him for what he did." And and one of the things too is that he he uh, has this like dream uh, that um, he's a dark defender and he like saved his mother from being killed, and, you know, rather than you know her getting butchered. Which was that was a, a funny scene in in itself too. Now, now this is all spurred on because Dokes and Laguerta is investigating a homicide at a comic book store, and uh, you know, so this is when you kind of find out a little bit more backstory about Dokes and Laguerta's past together. Isn't it funny how certain shows can go to certain places and have all these daydreams, and it's awesome. Yeah, I love yeah. Um oh okay. Now this is something that's 
I th- I found interesting too is that uh, Rita's mother, who uh, I don't know if we said that she came, um, she came in the picture. I guess it was like the second episode of season two, uh, second or third episode. Uh, that uh, Rita's mother becomes she gets wary of Dexter. Um, you know, she doesn't trust him. She doesn't want the children to be alone with him. She, I guess she has a similar gut as Dokes and Paul, <laughs> you know, who realizes there's something ain't right about this cat. I don't, I don't think that's the case. No, well, what is it? I think she's just a bitch. <laughs> she was a bitch. She's like, she's like my daughter. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. She's like, my daughter doesn't know how to make any kind of decision when it comes in, so this has got to be a mistake, too. (laughs) But she's right. (laughs) Once again, like dope. dope. But she has no proof she's right. So, therefore, she's a total bitch. Well, sometimes your gut is right. Your gut is just, your gut is right. Her gut. I just think she was blaming Dexter, or at least throwing Dexter in with the um, Paul situation. Oh, you got another one of those, huh? You know, that kind of thing. (laughs) Oh, you think you're going to heal him, huh? Sure you are. (laughs) Well, you know, and also, too, she finds out, right, about him supposedly being a drug addict. So, you know, if if I have a daughter or a son and you know, they involved with a drug addict. I'm I'd be a little concerned about that. So yeah, I'm saying, you know, just go easy on mama. Mama mama just looking out for her daughter. She is a bitch, but <laughs> you know, she Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Alright, so the the last episode we're gonna talk about today is the the halfway point see episode six because it's a twelve episode seasons. Uh, this is episode eighteen overall, episode six of season two. The name of this episode is called Dex Lies and Videotape. Uh, it's actually directed by um, as well see through one of my f- uh, favorite TV directors, uh, Nick Gomez. Uh, I've been I was aware of his work from he used to direct episodes on Homicide and he's done some uh, other uh, shows like um, um, The Wire and some other things. But uh, I, I saw that he's a director and I just want to give him a shout out. Great, uh, good TV director and film director as well. But uh, and it, this episode original air date was November fourth, two thousand seven, and um, so. Uh, Dexter finds out that he was potentially filmed cleaning his boat at the marina, and he becomes desperate to uh, find the videotape file and delete it. So um, this is one of those, uh, once again, one of those episodes where Dexter has to go and do some uh, undercover work, and you know uh, he has a, a clock put on him. Where he has to be able to um, to to get this video file and delete it, or he he he'll be uh, found out. So um, let's talk about that. Or what what did you think about that? I thought 
Okay, there's the video. <laughs> there's Stokes, there's Lundy, there's, to a lesser extent, Rita and her uh, bitch of a mother. <laughs> um, there, there are a lot of people that would be uh, very happy to see uh, that tape. There are a lot of people that would be very upset to see that tape. Mm-hmm. So, Dexter's option is, naturally, I can't let them see that tape. <laughs> I thought it was, it was one of the points of the season where you're like, oh my god, it was on tape. <sighs> How convenient. <laughs> you know, kind of like, uh, I, I, I'm not even sure what to compare it to, because... I, I'm not a fan of those kind of uh, plot devices, you know, where like, oh, okay, that'll move the story forward. I gotcha. And then I did an, uh, one of my radio shows that was on. I recently did a rant about uh, convenient plot <laughs> devices, and one of the ones that I hate is there's a tape. You know, I bet every detective or in, anybody in law enforcement. They must puke every time they see that. <laughs> like, you're like, oh yeah, we would love to have a magical tape that essentially explains everything, and you know, open and shut case. I'm sure it happens like all the time, right? But uh, what about when it happens like in open court on TV? They're like, we have new evidence, and nobody ever stops and says, well, we haven't had a chance to review it. Uh, <laughs> it's way too late to submit. Anything other than, well, this changes everything. <laughs> you know, like the tape. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, this didn't go down that road, and it was very, very cool the way that it all played out with Dexter just barely able to uh, to um, delete the tape. So, um, also too. Uh, there, this uh, episode introduces a a uh, copycat killer that claims to be inspired by the Bay Harbor Butcher, and um, there's like a fear that the FBI may completely take over the case, which wouldn't be a good thing for um, Dexter because <laughs> he would lose his lose being. Um, um, having his eye on uh, what's going on. Now, one thing that I don't we haven't mentioned too in this in the in these first six episodes is Lundy, uh, special engage, uh, special agent Lundy. When he looks at Dexter, he always seems to be looking at him like he knows something. Did you, did you get that? Like that's the, what they're trying to convey. Like he's not like he you know like he. He doesn't look, you know, he looks at him like, okay, I see that you're hiding something, right? Did you get that? Yes, no. Um, I, it, it was very hard to, to to really say what Lundy's thinking when looking at Dexter, because for one, Dexter became like his, you know, kind of like his go-to guy. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you think, Dexter? And so... Part of it could be, uh, you know, he's trying to analyze the responses. No, what? Because he's 
suspicious about something? Well, I don't think that he was suspicious. I think it was the producers making you feel like what Dexter was feeling. Like, Dexter felt like, oh, man, he knows. You know, like, you know, (laughs) I think that's what, in the end, it turned out that he had no idea. But they always were giving you the impression that maybe he was suspecting something, or at least this is how Dexter interpreted those looks that he gave. And then, because he would look at him like, kind of like, hmm, I know you're up to no good. But then he would be like, hey, can you take a look at, you know, like, and it always seemed like he was trying to get something out of him. But really, in the end, it turned out that it wasn't, you know, it was uh, nothing at all, like, you know, that he didn't suspect anything. But I think that the uh, producer's wanted you to feel that way and wanted you to feel that they wanted you to kind of be in Dexter's mindset. Like, you know, they wanted you to be paranoid like Dexter was. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. If that's the case, if right. that's, excuse me, if that's the case, then, you know, bravo. <laughs> You don't really see many people think about, you know, think outside of the box as far as, uh, well, this is how you should say this line to get to this point. <laughs> Subtext is very rare these days. Usually everything is just shoved down your throat, honey boo boo. <laughs> um, but, but before we go on, but well, let's say before we wrap this up, there's there's one uh, other secret that uh, we learned right during of this. Yes, um, and yeah. I think you're referring to that uh, Harry had had a uh, relationship with Dexter's uh, biological mother. Harry being Dexter's uh, foster father, Rita's. I'm sorry, uh, Deborah's uh, biological father. That's right. Harry and Laura were a little more than just informant and cop. Yeah. But they, they 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 didn't go the route of well they were doing it for years, so could Harry actually no, they didn't they didn't know. It wasn't Thank like you, that. Jesus, they didn't do that. <laughs> but it kind of um made Dexter question the validity of the adoption, you know, as far as, well, he did it because, you know, he felt bad for me. Harry's a hero. That's why he did it. But it could have been out of a sense of uh, commitment or regret to uh, the person that died uh, because she was helping him and he was sleeping with her. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. there there's one more big thing that happened. Oh yeah. Episode six. Yeah. Rita um, found out something. Oh, sorry. Yeah, um essentially uh they have this dinner where uh Dexter brings Lila to meet uh Rita. And during the course of this dinner, um, Rita finds out that Lila went with him on a road trip. And uh, 
that makes Rita upset and angry. And um, they break up. Rita and Dexter break up. And uh, which actually is funny because nothing happened on the road trip. No, because Dexter is playing it straight. He like I mentioned before, he has no you know interest in you know having a relationship uh, with this woman. Right. She's helping him, and he sees her as that way. So Rita's like, you know, what's going on? And he's like, nothing. What? What? <laughs> I'm confused. And that would be enough to confuse any normal man, let alone one that's just trying to fake his way through life. Right. Now, now, something that happens is that being that he, she broke up with him, it actually put Dexter and Lila together. And in that episode, Dexter and Lila has sex. That's right. Good old, and, it, and, that, and it's passionate. It ain't like the sex that he has with Rita. <laughs> it's uh, Dexter is uh, really enjoying his uh, the sex that he's having with Lila, which it it really speaks to how he makes her feel, because he feels more open about himself than he is with Rita. He can share that side of him that you know he that he can't with anyone else. So it, it Dexter and Lila have a connection. He's allowed to embrace his dark side. Even though it's not like, you know, she knows he's a killer, you know, because that's not the case at all, but he feels he can be more of himself rather than uh, trying to be normal. Mm-hmm. And that opens up a huge can of worms later on in the season, uh, which we won't get into now. Because guess what, Kate? Time's up. We're going to spot that time. So, what have we learned in uh, this season? We've learned that Dexter, um, his uh, dirty little secret, uh, the bags that he left in the Bay Harbor, has been found. Um, we learned that Detective, uh, or sorry, Detective Special Agent uh, Frank Lundy has been put on a case to search for the Bay Harbor Butcher, which is Dexter. Um, also, we find out that uh, um, that um, Harry, Dexter's foster father, had an affair with Dexter's uh, biological mother, and which may have led, which probably led to uh, Harry later adopting him. Um, also, major things that happen in the first six episodes is we have Paul, which is uh, Rita's uh, husband, um, dies in prison. Um, we have Rita uh, um, confronting Dexter about his secrets, which leads him leads him to uh, leads her to to say that he's a drug addict, which he goes to um, Narcotics Anonymous to. Uh, deal with it, but we know what kind of addict he is. He's addicted to murder, uh, where he meets Lila, who he is, eventually has an affair with her. And um, Not the affair, they broke up. I'll, we'll get into that. Well, okay, he has a sexual tryst with her, which on the same day he broke up with her, essentially. So, uh, And then um, at this point, we have... Uh, uh, Deborah is hooked up with 
Gabriel, a guy she met at the gym. And although they had a bumpy road a little bit when she thought that he was trying to write a book about her, but he was, remember, it found, he found out, she found out that he was out of the country, that he had no idea about the ice truck killer or anything. So he was actually innocent, which we didn't say. And Dokes, Dokes is hard on his tail of trying to out um, the secret of Dexter and what he's up to. Although he does stop for a minute and become kind of human rather than super cop when he shows support for Dexter and uh, his fictional drug habit. So kids learn something. When you're, if you are doing something wrong, just say you have a drug habit and people will be so happy that you're not a serial killer that, you know, (laughs) (laughs) just remember that. So... All right, so um, what are you looking forward to uh, talking about in the next six episodes without totally uh, going too much into it? Well, let's just say I can't wait for Kaboom. (laughs) All right. See, I'm going to cry with Kaboom because, you know, well. Yeah, yeah. Remember, we're not going to get into it. All right, but, yeah, it's going to make me cry. All right, well, um, once again, thank you, everybody who listened to the show tonight. Um, I guess we'll see you next week. We're sorry we can get to your calls, but we will make sure we're trying to fit at least in next week. We'll try. All right. We'll see you next week on uh, Harry's Code, of Dexter's Podcast. And that's a cut. See what I did there?